Did you hear some good and encouraging things? You learned some new stuff from Jeff and Darlene this morning, I hope so, about this region and the challenges that are there. But did you not only hear information, did you hear some heart in that? Did you hear some passion uh, that Jeff and Darlene have for this area? And Darlene, thank you especially for sharing more of your story and some of the changes that are being made and, and sacrifices too as you follow, uh, follow your heart and care for people in this region. For the Muslims there, for Jews, uh, for Christians especially, um, part of what we had our eyes open to as we were there this summer was the the plight of the Palestinian Christians. Again, not a two-state issue or anything, but simply the plight of Palestinian Christians. Our, in fact, our tour guide, who Jeff always works with, Saeed, uh, is a is a Palestinian Christian. He's a Lutheran, lives in East Jerusalem. And um, what we heard and saw on our journey this summer stirred our hearts uh, for justice, too, and touched some places in us as we became more aware of the circumstances and controversies around these people, as well as the issues of, of the refugees, of persecuted Christians, and then the vast needs among Muslim people to know hope in Jesus Christ. We're talking about heart today, a heart for people. We're talking about hearts that are stirred by injustice, hearts that are stirred by the sufferings of others, hearts that are touched and wooed, there's my favorite verb, hearts that are touched and wooed by unmet needs around us. And even right here, a heart for our neighbors. Heart used this way is really, is really passion is maybe even a better word here. Part of what we consider as we discern our shape for ministry in the series that we're in, we're in week number two. Here's the five parts of shape. Last week, we talked about spiritual gifts. Today, we talk about our heart and our passions. Next week, Pastor Diana will talk about our abilities and how they play into our shape, and then we'll hit personality and experience. And what we're trying to get across is this, that God has created and shaped each of us as unique individuals. Um, He's done this in his image including the ways that he has prepared us, wired us, gifted us, what he's exposed us to, and as he prepares us and gifts us for service and ministry. Together, then, we're discerning God's shape for us, and today we explore the heart or our passion for ministry. We're going to look briefly at what the Proverbs and Psalms say about heart. Then we're going to look at discovering our own heart for ministry, and finally finish with a call to prayerful discernment where we listen to our heart and listen to the Spirit. We need to understand our heart. The, 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 the Bible uses the word heart uh, to describe the kind of bundle of motivations that we have, our, our desires, our, our hopes, our longings, our, our dreams, our ambitions, our affections, the, the things that we care about, the things that we love to do. These are all part of and composed in our heart. And what we need then as we press into this area is a heart that is shaped by what God is doing in our hearts, a, a, a heart that is shaped by the word and shaped by the spirit and by the Lord. Now, lots of people have a lot of heart and passion for a lot of different things. A lot of people who, who would claim to be agnostic or, or atheist would say they are passionate about issues and causes. What we want as we consider our shape for ministry and service is a heart and passions that come from a life that is centered in Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Heart and passions that come from 
a life that is centered in Jesus Christ. It all starts with our commitment to serve and to follow him. Today's scripture reading from the wise words of Proverbs 4 speaks of nurturing and guarding our heart. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Staying centered in the word gives us life. It provides values and direction to our life. It forms our motivation of why we do what we do and guarding our heart. What we are letting shape and influence our heart is important to take notice of. Yes, we need awareness of the culture around us. We need engagement, but we also need to let the word of God and the spirit of God be a filter for what really truly shapes our hearts. In Psalm 37, verse 4, King David speaks of that heart-shaping, living relationship with God as one of taking delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, we might interpret that as, wow, if I have quiet time, then God will give me all the stuff that I want. Yeah, it's maybe not quite that simple. There are desires of our heart, things we want, or, or perhaps even deeper qualities that we want to develop. Or, or then the expected answers, the desire of my heart is, is good health and happy family. For a lot of us, family comes number one. And sometimes we take it to such an extent, we might actually idolize it slightly higher than what God wants. These are not bad things. But the desires of the heart here might actually be these desires, these passions for what God cares about as he plants those in our heart. Passions that lead to ministry, passions that lead to service, passions that lead to merciful, compassionate action on behalf of others, and even justice-fired, crazy activism in some cases. We'll get to your personalities in a couple weeks on that one. (laughs) If my heart determines the way that I think and the way that I feel and the way that I act, then what my heart is is sort of an internal guidance system from God that he's placed in me and placed in each of us for his purposes. It's not by accident. You may have the same spiritual gift as somebody else, but your heart may be different, so you're motivated to use it in a different way. Same gift, same ability, different heart, different motivation, different passion. Whatever the gift, whatever the heart is, it's a heart to serve. Jumping to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for a human master, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Paul here is speaking actually to those who were slaves at the time and reminding them that if they, as they've come to Christ, there's a higher purpose in what they're doing. But it's a word that comes to all of us to make sure that what we're working for, ultimately, even in our vocation, even if it seems the farthest thing from work for the gospel, that we do it as we serve the Lord. We do it with our heart that drives us, a heart centered in Jesus Christ. Again, we are shaped by God for his kingdom work. We are called here to work from our heart. We're called to work from the inborn motivations that he put within us. And so how do we get in touch then with our heart and our passions? We want to look a little bit at discovering our heart for ministry. And some of the questions we might ask are, what breaks your heart? What stirs your passions? For those of you who are wired a little bit differently and don't like the touchy-feely of that, What do you want to fix? 
That's an okay question to ask too. Many of you know the name Bill Hybels. He's the pastor and founder of Willow Creek Community Church up in Barrington. He's also the developer of the Global Leadership Summit, and often in the Global Leadership Summit, he will speak of motivating passion and heart. I, I found a couple quotes from Hybels that I love. This one, I think, is especially timely for us uh, today in the life of our church as we press into our congregational meeting. He says, vision is a picture of the future that creates passion in people. Vision is a picture of the future that creates passion in people. And then I like this one, too. Every day when I drive onto this campus, he has a campus. We just have a church building, but that's okay. Size doesn't matter. Every day when I drive onto this campus, my heart rate increases. And he doesn't mean anxiety over what he's got to do. He means his passion for what God has called to do, him to do and that church to do. I remember Heibel speaking at one of his leadership summits about having a, what he calls a holy discontent. Holy discontent. Hearts being broken by the things that break God's heart. It's summarized in this quote from his book, actually called Holy Discontent, Fueling the Fire that Ignites Personal Vision. He says this, I believe the motivating reason why millions of people choose to do good in the world around them is because there is something wrong in that world. In fact, there is something so wrong they just can't stand it. As a result, they devote their vocational lives, their volunteer energies, and their hard-earned money to making sure it gets fixed. Because he's a fix-it guy, too. But he understands that he needs the people that feel those things deeply in their gut as well, where it stirs as a holy discontent. Eric Reese, in the shape book that we are referencing in this series, quotes Tom Patterson in his book, Living a Life You Were Meant to Live, where he says this, Heart is where you are centered, where you desire to serve, the altar upon which you wish to place your talents. Giftedness is what you are. Heart is where you will most likely apply what you are. Let me go back. Spiritual giftedness is what you are. Heart is where you will most likely apply what you are. Heart refers to empathy, attraction, or draw towards a group of people, a field of expertise, or a particular type of service. Evaluating your heart helps you determine where you might best use gifts, where you wish to serve, and whom you wish to serve. Can I talk about me for a little bit? And then we'll talk about you, okay? <laughs> at Midwest, at the Midwinter Conference this week... I, I was in a few different gatherings where I decided to kind of just do a check on what, how my heart was, was responding to what was being presented and what I was being challenged with. And I'll just tell you about three of them. I'm not going to give you all the details because that would kind of, you know, whatever. But the first one, I was invited to a special gathering. It, was a, it, it, it did involve free pizza, but that wasn't the only reason I went. But it was a small gathering in, in one of our leader suites. And it was about a new initiative happening the covenant and being developed by three leaders that I deeply, deeply respect. And they've worked hard on this. And as I came in, I didn't quite understand what it was. And the longer I was there, my, my mind was processing it and finally putting it together and, and, and seeing the value, the deep value in this ministry and thinking, 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 this would probably be good for Naperville Covenant somewhere in the near future. But it, it, it wouldn't here. That doesn't mean it's wrong. I'm just saying in me, my little evaluators were up saying, I respect the people that developed this. This is no doubt a need. It probably would be good for Naperville Covenant. Not right now. We had a lot going on, but in the future. So that was the first one. No, no heart response, just kind of a head response. 
The second gathering I went to was, was a luncheon around another initiative that we've been engaged with, and I know the deep value of it. And, and, and my heart had some response because it's a growing passion for me in an area of need for us. And then I went to a breakfast early Thursday morning for Covenant Kids Congo, and my heart was just on, it was just kicking. It was kicking with what's going on with Covenant Kids Congo. Uh, for those of you that are newer to us, this is an initiative began several years ago where the Evangelical Covenant Church in the northern part of the Democratically Republic of Congo has partnered with World Vision, which is a huge relief organization, and through them, a sponsorship of nearly 10,000 children in that area, and 80 of those sponsorships have come out of this church, 80 children, $40 a month, and it's making an incredible impact in that part of the Congo, and we had the statistics to deal with it. And so I, my heart raced as I saw the impact of your funds and our connection to Covenant Kids Congo as I sat there. And one of the things that Covenant Kids Congo is, is encouraging now or is, is engaging in the global 6K for water. This is on May 19th, a 6K, which is, six, which is about, three, four point, about three and a half miles it's not a run, it's a walk. You can run it if you want. And that's about the average amount of, of, of miles or kilometers that women mostly and children around the world walk to get fresh water. And guess what? We're going to do it right here at Neighborville Covenant. I've got a leadership team in place. You'll be getting details. But May, Saturday, May 19th, we're going to start right here. We're going to walk the path right along Hobson. We're going to go down along the river. We don't need police escorts or anything. We're just going to walk together and we're raising money for water. You see, I'm going to keep talking about this, right? Because why? We're not doing it just because it's my heart, though, because I, I can see Danae smiling back there and others going, yeah, our kids, that kid on your refrigerator, we're doing it for her, we're doing it for him. Okay, my heart in each of those areas, all three of these excellent, excellent ministries with which we are engaged or will be engaged, but I have to check where my heart is calling me to give a little extra energy. So I'm on an advisory team with Covenant Kids Congo working with other churches. Another place that my heart got stirred this week was, even though I was at midwinter, I was in touch with our executive board on putting together the details for our meeting right after worship today. And yesterday I was on the phone with Dave Sladke, who is our vice chairman, who will be running the meeting today. And as Dave and I were putting together the final details, I could, I could feel again my, my passions rise. My heart and passion ri- were, were rising up. Because I love this church and I love to see what God is doing here. I'm excited about our developing vision and what can happen here in our congregation. And what can happen there outside the doors as we talk about digging in more to love our community. And I'm excited about what's happening here in your hearts as well. I'm excited about us building on the strengths and the effective ministry we already have. And doing a better job. And so my passions rise. I have to tell you that my, my heart and my passions have actually taken a rise since I announced my retirement, which again is not until May of 2019. That's a long way away. It's only 16 months, three weeks. No, I'm just I really don't know. But I'm serious. Since announcing that, it's not that I'm so excited about that. It's actually a little scary. I'm excited about what we're doing between now and then. I'm excited about what our leaders have chosen to do and asked me to do as we lead into this new process of vision refinement and strategic planning and the team that's working hard right now to say what's going to be the best staff structure so we know who to look for and what will be the best pastoral leadership for us moving forward. And so my passion rises as I get excited in this season. Vision is a picture of the future 
that creates passion in people. And I'll add just one more thing about my own heart, that as I that I, as I look at this, it is actually raising my passion about what I might do after retirement. I have to admit on the days and the weeks that I'm kind of weary in ministry and getting a little bit tired, I think, I just want time to work in my yard and play with my grandchildren because that's what I love to do. I'm restored through exercise, fitness, working in the yard, and being with my grandchildren. But I know clearly now that ain't going to be enough for me when I retire. And so I'm considering a lot of these hard things. This week I thought of at least 10 different things that I want to do. I probably won't be able to do all of them. But you can be sure that it'll be a place where I listen to God and pursue him and listen to my heart. I'll keep you posted. And now what about you? For this part, I'm just providing you with some resources. I'll put them on the screen. They're in the outline in your bulletin, and you can do this later. But just some simple questions, and I've borrowed this from the shape assessment resource that we are using during this series. Questions like this, what drives you? What would you do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? What pushes you to action? What moves you so deeply that it keeps you awake at night? Or another way to say that, what would keep you up all night talking with others about how to pursue this. Think about that. What's the kind of thing that you would just get engaged in and say, yeah, 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 we could do this, we could do that. We could have a garage sale, couldn't we, Amy? And we do, because of your passion and Danae's passion. Who are the people you most want to help? Who do you feel you can influence the most? Is there an age range you feel most drawn to? Some of our people say, I will do anything but work with old people. i got to visit my mom in the nursing home, and that's enough. Other people in our church are there every week because they love the residents of Alden. Is there an affinity group I feel most drawn to? What are the needs I feel most drawn to? What are the top two needs I love to meet for people? Why do I love meeting these needs? And finally, what am I most passionate about? What cause or issue makes my heart race? What are those broken things in the world? What is your holy discontent? And where can I make the greatest impact for God? And then there's some checklists there too that you can work your way through and there's plenty of space for others. The people I would like to serve most are children, homeless, single parents, young married, college students, hospitalized, singles, youth, disabled, infants, teen moms, the poor, the divorced, men, women, unemployed, elderly, parents, widowed, empty nesters, boomers, prisoners, or another word you might put there. And then finally, the issues or causes I feel most strongly about are, and here's some, abuse or violence, drug abuse, homelessness, sanctity of life, alcoholism, or other areas of addiction, education, injustice issues, sexuality, at-risk children, environment, law, justice system, spiritual apathy, compulsive behavior, ethics, marriage, family, deafness, finances, parenting, disabilities, health and fitness, policy and politics, divorce, HIV, AIDS, poverty, hungry, other. It's a lot of stuff. But let me encourage you to move towards prayerful discernment listening to your heart and listening to the Spirit, delighting yourself in the Lord and asking them to show you what are the desires and the areas of passion. Maybe you already know. Maybe you have just already responded. You found that sweet spot and you are there. 
But if this is maybe a season to kind of refine it or take another look at it, if you're curious, then take some time with this list. Listen a little bit to what Jeff and Darlene have shared with you about this region of the world. Maybe there's something that clicked in you there. And you're tired of all the political perspective in that area and you want to get a Jesus perspective on that area. Maybe you're touched by what Ed Gilbreth and Karen Conway and Helen Lee shared here two weeks ago as they opened up their own stories as we addressed the issue of race and racism that our own people have perspective on. That was two weeks ago on MLK Sunday. If you weren't here or you want to review, it is online on our website. It ain't much easier than NaperviewCovenant.com. Click sermons. Maybe something stirred there. Pay attention to the programs and initiatives that we do have in place here. Come to the meeting today to listen for where your heart responds to our sense of vision and where your passion rises. And pray. Listen to the word. Listen to the spirit. In your times of prayer and reflection by yourself and in interaction with others, delight yourself in the Lord. And listen for where he is leading. Let's pray. Oh, holy God, my heart is filled with passion for the things that you've given me, but it's filled with a passion and heart for this church and these people, Lord. As we seek to go deeper, as we seek to know who we really are and how we're created to serve your church and serve your kingdom purposes, more effectively. And so, Lord, I pray for each of my sisters, each of my brothers here, you would take us in prayerful discernment to your heart and to your spirit as we seek you together. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen.